deals in money. We are constantly seeking deals in money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors. And you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. You're going to make mistakes. You know, I made mistakes. I still make mistakes every day, but you learn from those mistakes. You pick yourself back up and you kind of just fail your way forward. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years, and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed, and I'm here with Dedrick Polite. Dedrick is joining us from Burlington, North Carolina. He's the chief investment officer of Be Polite Properties. He is currently GP of 66 residential units and a 42-unit mobile home park. Dedrick, can you start us off with a little more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Sure. Great to be on, Slocum. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm a longtime listener of the Best Ever Podcast. I remember nice. listening to it five, eight years ago when it first got started. But yeah, full-time real estate investor here in North Carolina. I got into real estate in 2017 started out, the goal is to build a large portfolio of cash flowing rental properties. We got into wholesaling first because we didn't have a lot of cash when we first started. We used wholesale checks in order to buy rental properties. Over time, we got into flipping houses. That's actually how we landed on TV show. So we're actually on the TV on A&E. We have a home renovation television show called 50-50 Flip that I can talk a little bit more about. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome. You just started in real estate investing five years ago? Yep. Gotcha. When did you buy your first commercial property? 
Well, good question. So I started in 2017, but I have to kind of rewind a little bit. I actually bought my first investment property in 2007. Went to school, graduated college, did what your parents told you to do, go to school, get good grades, get a good job with benefits. 2004, I graduated from Amherst College, got into pharmaceutical sales, was a farmer rep in the Boston area. And I read Rich Dad Poor Dad a few years earlier. And I was like, I got to buy some real estate. So what I did was I do what people now call house hacking. I bought a triplex in Boston, Massachusetts. I lived nice. in a ground floor unit. I rented out the top two units. It paid my mortgage. I maybe spent three or 400 bucks out of pocket each month. And that was my first property. And then I went back to just working my job. I had a good nine to five corporate job. So I didn't really do too much. I continued to buy books and go to seminars here and there. But I was more of a entrepreneur at that point. That was until I met my wife. And with my wife, she was a serial entrepreneur. So again, we were both working jobs. We got into franchises. So we bought a franchise in 2016. We ran that for a couple of years and we sold that franchise. What franchise? It was animal rides, animal scooters. So if you've ever been to your local mall, you see these little furry scooters riding around. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, we brought that and we grew it up to three locations in two different states, had like 13 employees. This is why we both were working jobs. We own this business on the side and we sold that in 2017 and we dove into real estate at that point. And it took about a year for us to fire my wife's boss and about two years to fire my boss to go full-time into real estate investing. But a mobile home park would be the first commercial property we bought. Again, we bought other multifamilies, but they've been three units, four unit properties. Gotcha. Dedrick, I'm a house hacker too. My wife said my starter home was a four family close to downtown Cincinnati. And when my wife was pregnant, and it was time for us to move out of downtown and get a larger place. I ended up talking her into a really nice three family oh. in a neighborhood here called Northside. So we're on house hack number two. Nice, nice. So your commercial property is this mobile home park, 42 units. Where is it? It's in a town called Mebbin, North Carolina. It's about 30 minutes from Durham, North Carolina. Gotcha. What got you into mobile home parks? That's a good question. When I first heard about mobile home park investing, I was turned off like most people might be were like trailer parks. You mean there's really money in trailer parks? As I did research, I learned that it has the highest cash on cash return of any commercial real estate. So that definitely piqued my interest. So we've been looking to buy a mobile home park for quite some time. We started marketing directly to them. And we were fortunate enough to find a seller that was in his 90s and he was looking to sell off his entire portfolio which included several small multifamilies and a mobile home park. And we were actually able to negotiate some pretty sweet seller financing terms to purchase the mobile home park. Tell us about those terms. Yeah. So we bought the mobile home park for $800,000. The kicker was we negotiated seller finance terms of a $10,000 down payment. The seller agreed to hold a note for $790,000, principal only payments, no interest of $2,000 a month for 84 months. As wow. is this mobile home park, we just closed on it about a month ago. It's worth a million as is. We bought for 800000 After repair value is probably closer to $1.5 million. But we're not planning to sell it. We're going to keep it long-term as a cash flowing property. But yeah, it was some pretty sweet terms on it. Is everything you've bought right there in North Carolina? No, we own some property in Boston. We are still own that one I bought in 2007. We started buying properties in Cleveland, Ohio before covid we had accumulated about 12 or 14 units there. Then COVID hit. So we had, had a hard time going back and forth and finding contractors. So we gotcha. sold everything we had in Cleveland. So right now our focus is in North Carolina and in the Southeast. Gotcha. 
Nice. So do you guys self-manage then? No. <laughs> we started out self-managing. Definitely been there, done that. But now our properties are managed by a property manager. We also do short-term rentals. So we have quite a few Airbnbs. So we have two property managers because those are two different beasts. Um, long-term rentals have a property manager and then our Airbnbs have a separate property manager. Gotcha. Dedrick, what is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome as you've gone full-time in real estate? That's a good question. The biggest challenge I think is always deal flow. I think if you find the deals, you can find the money. But that's one of the things we specialize in is marketing directly to sellers to find off-market deals for motivated sellers. So we've done a pretty good job of finding those off-market deals. Almost nothing that we buy is on market. It's all direct to seller. But I think in today's environment, with it being such a hot seller's market, it's gotten more and more difficult to find deals where the numbers make sense. Totally. I get that, Dedrick. The only things I've ever bought on market were for me and my wife to live in ourselves. Everything else I've gotten off market for a very similar reason. It's just on market deals just don't have the same cash flow. And I have, especially now, the bandwidth for some serious off market lead gen. Let me ask about that, Dedrick. You're going direct to seller. How is it that you're getting in front of sellers right now? Various ways cold calling works very well, text messaging, direct mail, a lot of referrals as well. People have gotten to know us in the market as serious cash buyers and people who deliver. So those are some of the ways we generate off-market deals. Sounds like you've got a lot going on. Did you say that you have people you've purchased from who are referring other owners to you? Oh, yeah. Nice. Going direct to seller, Dedrick, when you're speaking with a property owner who has some genuine interest in selling their property, do you have an idea of how often those sellers are also engaged with other buyers and getting other offers and how often you're the only buyer at the table? That's a great question. Of course, you want that percentage where you're the only one that they're talking to to be as high as possible, but we live in a a real world here. So I would say out of 10, probably 80% of the time there are other buyers in play and 20% of the time there are not. We try to stack the odds in our favor where we're the only or the first person that gets to them. And we assess their needs and we can meet all their needs so they don't need to talk with anyone else. So that's really the goal where you can negotiate typically the best terms when you're not getting outbid by other cash buyers and people paying crazy prices and willing to accept minimal returns, which is happening every day in this market. Yeah, totally. So even with going to direct a seller, doing your cold calling, your text marketing and direct mail, things like that, 80% of the time, you're still coming across sellers who are being approached by other people at the same time. The deals that you're buying, how many of them are coming from the 80% where it's competitive and how many are coming from the 20% where you're the only show in town? That's a good question. I've never really looked at those numbers. Just anecdotally, I would say probably 50-50. 50% come from that 20% where we're the only game in town and those are easy to pull the trigger to buy because you're usually getting it at a really good price if they're truly motivated. And then the other 50% comes from where you're competing against other offers and you have to get creative with how to win that deal. We'll get back to the show with a first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. What's holding you back from getting into apartment building deals? Is it knowledge, fear, inability to take action, lack of support? If it's any of these things, then I suggest you consider Deal Maker Mentoring with Michael Blanc. Michael's program is the most effective program to help you syndicate your first apartment building deal. 
During Dealmaker Mentoring, you'll work directly with one of Michael's experienced mentors who have successfully replaced their income with apartment buildings. They've already done what you want to do, which is become financially free. So in addition to providing their own syndication experience, they've been trained in Michael's unique Dealmaker Blueprint designed to help you do your first deal and become financially free just like them in the next one to three years. To find out more, text the word Joe to 66866. I know Michael's going to get you to where you'd like to be. Again, text the word Joe to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Cedric, you talked about the mobile home park. Tell us about another time that you got creative to win a deal direct to seller in a competitive situation. That's a good one. One of them was a house in Charlotte. We came across this property in Charlotte, half a mile from where the Carolina Panthers football team plays, walking distance there. We were the first ones to be on the scene talking to the seller. We sent her a postcard. We found a driver for dollars, sent her a postcard. She called us back, did the appointment, made her an offer. And then a couple of days later, when she was supposed to get back to us, she did say that there was someone else in play. Someone else contacted me. They want to buy it. You have competition. So what we did in that case was we offered other things other than just the sale price. This was an older lady. She was in her 60s. She lived by herself. She had accumulated all this stuff over the years. So we offered her two things. We said, first of all, we'll help you move. So when we buy the house, you don't have to figure out how to move all this stuff, pay for your moving. And we offered to pay for a year of storage of her stuff because she was downsizing from this four bedroom house into a one bedroom apartment. So by offering those two things, which most people wouldn't think of, we were able to win that deal. Nice. I know some people will be chomping at the bit to hear more about the way that you negotiated the mobile home park deal. It sounds like part of the reason you were able to get it is that you were also interested in those three and four family properties that the seller was looking to sell. What do you think are the factors that led (laughs) the seller to... A price of 800, which seems a little low, and to seller finance 790 of that on principal only payments. What are the factors that led to the seller being interested in and willing to take terms like that? That's a great question, Slocum. I think it's two things. One is we built a relationship with this seller, and two is we built trust with him. So we met this seller in 2018. Again, we found him one of his properties, driving for dollars. We first got in touch with him. He's like, yeah, I got a four unit I want to sell. As is, we looked at it. It was completely trashed. (laughs) We realized why he wanted to sell it. But when we looked this seller up, he owned 70 units and he was old. He was like 90. 
So we're like, okay. When I first met with him, I said, with all due respect, sir, I would like to buy your whole portfolio. He was like, well, slow down, young whippersnapper. He wasn't ready to sell the whole thing, but he's like, I'll sell you this first one. Let's see how you do. So we bought the first one. It was a fourplex. We bought for 55,000, right? That's Mm -hmm. like some Cleveland, Ohio prices right there. (laughs) But it needed everything. I mean, it needed everything or a demo. So we were going to remodel it and rent it, do the birth strategy, but this was early in our renovation experience career. So we were like, well, we got the renovation numbers. We thought it was going to cost like 80 to 90 grand to fix up. It turns out it was going to cost like 150 to fix up. Mm. So we were like, uh, I don't think we want to take on this gut renovation of a four unit where we've never done anything this big. So we actually sold it. We put it on the MLS and sold it as is. Then we bought it for 45 and we sold it for 55 as is on the MLS. So we got out of that deal without losing money, but we performed. And then that led to the next deal. The next property he sold us was a single family house he owned in Durham. Again, it was kind of a hairy situation. It had a failed septic tank and no one would touch this property. No one wanted it because it was some type of special septic and needed and needed to go through city approvals. We ended up buying that property when no one else could buy it from him. So we delivered on that. And then that's when he started to be like, okay, I'm willing to accept some owner finance terms because we were like, hey, we want to buy two other four units you have and a mobile home park. And after we'd proven ourselves on a few deals and he saw that we were trustworthy, that's when he was like, okay, I'll be willing to do seller financing. So you said you closed on that just recently, end of 2021? Which one? The mobile home park. The mobile home park, we closed on that officially last month. We had it on the contract four or five months, but closed on it last month. So January of 2022 with a seller you originally connected with in 2018. Absolutely. So it sounds like part of the secret here was your staying power and this follow-up. And your willingness to perform on some of the smaller deals to gain trust. For sure. Yeah. Get on base a couple of times and it led to a home run. Exactly. That's awesome. Since you went full-time in real estate, Jedrick, what would you say is the most important skill you've developed? That's a good question. I think the skill that's paid off the most has been negotiating skills. Everything in life is a negotiation, but especially in real estate, honing your negotiating skills is something it can earn you an extra 20,000 per deal can earn you an extra million on a deal if you know how to negotiate. For our best ever listeners, Dedrick, do you have any recommendations on how they can develop their negotiating skills? Yes. Again, like people think you got to be born a great negotiator. I wasn't born a great negotiator. I, I had to learn it. One of the books I read was a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris, Chris Boss. Boss. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you probably heard of that. Never Split the Difference. His background is he is a former FBI hostage negotiator. So we're negotiating real estate deals, but you learn from someone who's negotiating like life and death situations. And I read that book three or four years ago, and I still read it like once a year because the tips you can pick up on negotiating from there, it's made me millions of dollars. Nice. Dedrick, are you ready for our best ever lightning round? Yes. What is your best ever way to give back? Best ever way to give back is one of the things we do before we start a lot of our rehabs that we'll go to a local homeless shelter and we'll hire some of the guys from there who have skilled tradesmen, like you got carpenters and plumbers and people like that who just may be on hard times, we'll hire them to do the demo and clean out on a lot of our properties. And some of them will actually even give them full-time jobs. So that's one of the ways we like, wow. to, like to give back. Let's sit on this for a moment. You're going to homeless shelters to find people to do the demo for your rehabs. How reliable have you found that workforce to be? I would say fairly reliable. One of the things we'll have to do is a lot of times they don't have cars. 
So we have to send one of our guys to like pick them up in their truck and bring them to and fro. That kind of comes with the territory. But other than that, these are folks that, again, they were productive members of society. They've just fallen on hard times for whatever reason. And um, I like to try to give them an opportunity to earn an honest day's work. That's awesome. Tedrick, what's the best ever book you've recently read? I would say it's that Never Split a Difference by Chris Voss. Anyone, especially anyone interested in real estate investing, I think it's a must read. What is the best ever lesson you've learned in a deal? Best ever lesson I've learned in a deal. That's a good question. I would say do what you say you're going to do. If you say you can do a deal, perform on that deal because that speaks to your reputation. And again, with us being able to buy that mobile home park and buy pretty much just one seller's whole portfolio, it was because we delivered and we were able to close when we said we would. Awesome. And what's your best ever advice? My best ever advice would be to uh, just take action. Once you've done all the educating, you've read the books and taken the seminars, don't be afraid to take action. You're going to make mistakes. You know, I made mistakes. I still make mistakes every day. But you learn from those mistakes, you pick yourself back up, and you kind of just fail your way forward. And where can our best ever listeners get in touch with you? So on all social medias, Cedric Polite. They can also look up Be Polite Properties, which is my company name. We're on Instagram, Facebook. We have a YouTube channel under Be Polite Properties, Twitter. So LinkedIn, all social medias, just Dedrick Polite or Be Polite Properties. And then in addition, we do have our television show, 5050 Flip, which airs on A&E every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. So they can kind of check out the behind the scenes of how we renovate and flip houses and build wealth. Great. Well, best of our listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you've gotten value from this interview with Dedrick Polite, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review. And if you know someone else who would get value from listening to this episode, please share it with them. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thanks, Slocum.